Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. A, a grain of rice. A, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you all? Good, how are you? How are you, lads? You didn't bother with the Liverpool hat, Tej? Yeah, I suppose just a little bit disappointing. I thought it was on there for a second when I left the ground. Aston Villa were 2-0 up, was walking out of Turles, and by the time I got to the car, it was 2-2. And we were still one all. I kind of was confident enough we'd get the winner, but then they scored. And then shortly after that, I got a WhatsApp from some fella with a quad and the wheels coming off it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you know, the second championship? I, I know the worst I, thing I about it. I put on a little bit of light a, blue. Yeah, it came from a Man United man. That was the worst thing about it. <laughs> to mm, celebrate the city winning around. the league. They're, like. they're big fans of City. I see that, yeah. I think maybe well, it might be one team in the future, just Manchester. I was um, I was on to Alexa there this morning and I asked her a question. I said, um, Alexa, how many premierships have Liverpool won? And do you know what the response was? Liverpool FC have won one, the same as Leicester City. Ha ha ha! <laughs> did you ask her? Did you ask her about TJ, the leagues? No. TJ, is that then the I second? I asked her how many premierships. I asked her how many premierships Manchester United won, and she said, "For the record, Manchester United have thirteen premierships won since it was formed." So that's enough for me. I, I must say, I was really delighted for all the Liverpool supporters yesterday. You really must have thought you had one, maybe two hands in the title when the boys were 2 0. And like Michal Murray said there a couple of years ago, if you turn away for 30 seconds, it's a long time. And turned away for five minutes yesterday, Men City got three goals for some finish to the season now, I'd have to say. Give it seven days. It might have been seven days, Marco. We might be able to win another Champions League. Well, I must say, I will have to admit. It was me. It was me that sent in the picture, right, of Jurgen Klopp <laughs> and the quad and the two wheels after coming off, like you know, after quadruple. Because I tell you, you'd have to do some spoofing for the last couple of months about the quadruple, like. Sure, it was on. Files, files, in fairness. But look, we, next sun, next Saturday night will be a very interesting night because we will be in your home parish doing the shave well, no, for Dave. So. My, my, my next door parish in Bayland or Schaefer Dave, yeah. And we were kind of saying it was going to be a lovely build up to Limerick and Clare in the Munster final, but myself and Dale were having a chat about it. But after yesterday, people can look forward to the Rebels being back, Dale, and the noise. You just can't help yourselves, in fairness. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> the flag is up again this morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> four points, like four points, like in the roar, like they're after winning the five Alarms in the roar. <laughs> And, I was going to ask you, is that now, the second championship that Stevie Gerrard cost you? Yeah, well, I suppose we can't, we can't in fairness, blame Gerrard. So, look, it, it was, we were, we, were, we were hoping for the best from Villa. And in fairness to them, they gave us massive hope with 2 0 up. Like, but look, the league table doesn't lie, Delo, as you will be talking about in a while, I'm sure. And in fairness <laughs> to City, like, they've been an incredible team. They have 90 odd points. We just have an incredible team at the moment, which we're happy to, to follow. And celebrating and we have another big date coming up and look we will bow to City on this occasion fantastic team 
No complaints. At the end of 38 games, the team on top deserves to win the title. <laughs> hmm? if, if you don't win the Champions League now, the FA Cup will be a big win for you. But the Coca-Cola Cup, like, will you be will you be given um, the schoolwork off for the kids when they go over the cup and stuff like that now for the Coca-Cola Cup? Like? Yeah, sure, look... Marco, I would always be in favour of any old bit of trophy or any silverware that you can win. You should celebrate it. That would be always my motto, whether it be an old league or a South Championship or whatever it is. But if you can win something, <laughs> celebrate it. Otherwise, okay. why are you playing? Fair point, okay. fair point. We, we, so. leave, we, we leave the soccer uh, there <laughs> just to say to Mr. Larry Ryan, Mr. Tony Lean. <laughs> Mr. Michael Healy up in Crete, Mr. Parik Russell in Leeds, to Mr. John Mulqueen in Brough, etc., etc. Your boys <laughs> took one hell of a beating, and Champions League football will be returning to North London, but at White Uh-ho. Hart Lane, at White Hart Lane, not the Emirates. Cheerio. <laughs> okay. Just help to believe it. Just help to believe it, Dale. But you actually screw up in the fantasy. Conte, Conte ball, Mark Conte ball. Uh, so Shawnee Barry be booking the tickets for Champions League game in Landon Town in the autumn. We will, we will tip over there and support the lads. <laughs> Get in the lads. But uh, hey, yeah, Larry, we'll be digging out that article there. I dig it out later on. I'll be putting it up on Twitter. That foolish article you wrote at the end of February. But anyway, you, you'll be learning, Larry. You tried to double down with there Friday <laughs> or Saturday as well. So, let's uh, extraordinary weekend hurling in lots of ways. Um, I suppose yesterday lacked the sort of intensity or you know that big question mark sort of stuff that Wexford and Kilkenny brought us on uh, Saturday night. But by the same same token, lots of talking points. Um, Clare three twenty thirty one, Waterford two twenty two. As we we were debating, and I, I'm going to remind you all again that I tipped Clare to be in the tree, but we did, did we think, we thought it was Waterford and Limerick, Limerick and Waterford probably in that order, and we've a, a straight scrap between the three of us, Ken, Mark, and, and our, my crowd uh, for third. Like, none of us saw this Waterford collapse coming, especially the B-tip, got the two points on, on, on the road, falling on, on, down in Walsh Park, falling on from the league final. Like, where has it all gone wrong, lads? It's just amazing stuff, the way the team was lined out yesterday. You know, all-star fullback left off. Hurler the year on National League territory left off. Uh, they did have injuries. We really want to send our good messages to, to Tyg the Burka. Hopefully, Tyg, everything is okay for you. I've been an outstanding hurler one way to Meyer always on this show. So I hope you have, have a bit of luck this time around. But it's gone awful wrong for them, lads, isn't it? Hard to believe, Dillo. Um, yeah, I, I like, I, I, and I will just add to that. I like, I saw them in Limerick against Limerick, and I thought that even though they didn't win the game, I still thought they were in decent health. I know you questioned it at the time, Dillo, that Limerick were a good bit ahead given the players that they were missing. Um, I still thought intensity wise and what they were trying to do, and I felt that they missed a few frees and things. I, I thought everything was fine. I certainly, certainly didn't see. The button that they pressed coming, I just did not see that. I like, I just thought that the Cork defeat certainly knocked them for six. And yesterday was was hard to believe. I was even thinking yesterday they might still have a small chance that they'd go and beat Clare without Tony Kelly, without John Conlon. Like no one had made six changes, you would have said that it was set up for them. Like there was some some semblance of talk that Waterford might have had the strongest panel heading into the championship. Um, that was out there given what they had done in the league final, and just could not see it coming. And I think that. I don't know, like, I, I, I heard John Milan, I was listening to Radio 1 coming home, and 
he was on about the team being leaked and maybe hunting's not being right. I, I don't know. I have I have no connect with what happens inside the Waterford camp as to what went wrong. But there's certainly something that went wrong. I wouldn't for one second think the leaking of a team was the problem like that. Definitely had no semblance as to how the team played. But obviously over the last couple of weeks, whether it was an energy or whether it was an a, a system breakdown or what like but something significant happened to the team that won the league final. Like there is no way they went from where they were in the league to where they were at the end of the championship yesterday. And I would say, like, tricky one for them now. Like, even if say, as a squad and as a management and, like, with the thinking required for the summer, I don't know what the, what the story with all of them would be. But, like, I, again, heard rumblings about it all was not well. But you hear that sometimes. And I suppose we all tend to make excuses when you don't get the results. So, yeah, just an amazing fall from where they were a number of weeks ago to think that they couldn't even uh, rattle the top three in Munster. Yeah. Ken, yeah. would you think, they, did they put too much into the league, Ken? Do you know, it was, it, was the, it was the closest league ever to the championship. We all, and, and you look at Clare and Limerick, they drew with each other and they both beat Offaly and that was it. You know, so. Yeah, Bally Gunner, of course, went in the All-Ireland Club as well into the bargain, uh, which would usually bring back guys in, in savage form and, and in great form to play uh, at the highest level. I mean, Burr did that with Offaly and Offaly won a couple of All-Irelands the years that Burr would have won the All-Ireland Club. So I just think that, um, I remember Brian mentioning just going down, they went down in the league to play uh, Waterford in Walsh Park and the bus was passing by Carrigan Oar and Waterford's, as you mentioned, their second team or second panel were actually out training. They were training intensely on the pitch and they were passing by. So Liam and Mikey and the lads were out there with him. And then obviously going into Walsh Park to play their first team against him in the National League. So they obviously put a savage amount of work into it. Um, there was rumblings that they had trained very, very hard since the Cork game that week of the Cork game. They trained hard. Um, as you well know, lads, when it comes into championship season, even though we're still only uh, mid-May-ish, um, you don't, you don't train, you don't train that hard. It's all about maintenance and obviously uh, fine-tuning the team and getting the tactics right and getting the, the most important thing, the head above the shoulders. Um, like, yesterday was hugely disappointing, you know, from the point of view of both games that were totally uncompetitive. It was knockout situation in both games. It should have been helter-skelter. Uh, to see scorelines like 3.31, 3.30 is absolutely terrible in a knockout scenario considering what I saw in Nolan Park on Saturday night. So from that perspective, I just don't know what has gone wrong. I did see the team. I'm always at lastminute.com. I saw the Waterford team before the game actually started and I was rushing into the, into, into, into the, in, in to do the match. And I said, Jeannie Christ, all these changes. It doesn't look good. doesn't harbour well. And you have to, re- you have to retain confidence in the players that have done it for you and to try and give a message out and maybe thinking, like, if Clare had a full team, would Waterford have made those changes? I don't know. But Clare were without six. And everybody got sucked into this uh, thing, lads, that Ash or Clare will be down for the poke around. They're, they'll only go through the motions. <coughs> so, lads, we know Brian Lohan. And we'll give Brian Lohan huge credit this morning. We know Brian Lohan. I'd say, if, I'd say Delo, if he was uh, playing a game of tiddlywinks with you, he'd take the head off you to win it. So, from that perspective, you saw the crowd was in, in earnest yesterday. But it was a total capitulation by Waterford. Yeah, we 
we used to have famous games of t- table tennis on the holidays and you could not beat him like he'd say we play one more set you know <laughs> and you could even see we'd the two we'd the two screens inside in the rt box and of course we were meant to be focused on what was in front of us but i was having the odd glance obviously back at Cusick park and you could see his his body language was huge but I have to ask him Marco, like like i look i made an awful boo-boo after kilkenny beat hammer dublin in 12 and i said so spur the moment I said sure if we picked up 15 at the Red Cow we'd have put up a better battle than we did and, and we were still in yeah. the championship and all I could do on the Tuesday night was go in and apologise profusely to the players I should not have said it and we were all in it together but I suppose I got a hint of that off Liam's interview that he's responsible I didn't get that hint last week I thought there was a lot that players were told to do certain things or they had plans and the plans went out the window once they crossed the white lines and is it dangerous with players like that kind of talk? The players can say, we're the ones killing ourselves here. And especially with an outside manager as well, Mark. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, that's a very valid point. That, um, you know, and, and he's three years down there now. And, and sometimes players will feel once they get a little bit aggrieved, they can move a fella on and they have the power to do that. Like the players, uh, we've seen that in a good few places where the, the players do move, move management on. But... You'd have to say like that this is the second time really that the Waterford players have down tools for a manager because they did the same thing for Parik Fanning a number of years ago. And the interesting thing that I'm sure Parik Fanning got them to a league final as well that year. I think they were beating my clear enough memory serves me right, but like like to think that they won the league so impressively and they had Limerick played so impressively. Limerick, yeah, sorry, Tage. Um but like in a short period of time, then again from a number of years back to now they have down tools again. And like, you, you'd have to say, you're like, I know in the Cork game, things went against them. I thought Stephen Bennett missed a good few frees that would have kept him ticking over and got him closer. And every time he missed a free, it was like Cork scored one. But the morale and the spirit seemed to have gone from them. But to think that Clare left off five or six of their better known players yesterday, and then the lads get well beaten and you know, bearing Desi Hutchinson, I suppose, and Patrick Conn, who played really well, and um, the rest of them didn't play well, and that, that's a major concern. And um, I think this this Waterford situation isn't over yet either, Dale, um, whether Liam Cattle will be in situ uh, at the end of the season. is, is I, I'd say it's very questionable now. And we'd have to say, like, we think that Cattle has done a magnificent job. Um, yep. Those Waterford players have been magnificent all year so far, up to maybe the Cork game last weekend. And, you know, we did say, TJ, we were at the league final sitting together that even though one of our comprehensive winners on the day, Cork were on the coattails a number of times and Waterford got goals to push them out again. So I thought at the time, and I mentioned this in Dungavon as well, that I felt the Cork were, it might be a little bit better than what the scoreline would have given them. But the complete capitulation yesterday is something that has to be questioned now. There's obviously something not right um, because they still had a chance of you know qualification yesterday. And you would be buying up your team and saying, listen, if we win this game, at least give us the fighting chance. And like after 10 minutes or 15 minutes in yesterday's game and Tip led one three to no score, you were slightly concerned. So, I mean, the the, the, the scoreline or the, the board is up there in front of us. It, it's hard to believe that anybody would have predicted a Waterford wouldn't have been in the top three or even maybe tipping in the bottom with no point after four games. So there's a lot of stuff there. Fair play to your own county, Dale. We probably didn't give you the credit 
that you now deserve and we'll be certainly sitting up and taking notice for the rest of the season. You've had um, a remarkable, I would say, uh, performance. And I suppose last year, you know, it took a Patrick Collins save. You know, the, I would say the Cork were the better team on that on that occasion, but you could have put us out of the championship and, and, and extended year year. But when you have a player like Tony Kelly in your team, and he's an exceptional player, lads, a bit like Lee Chin for Wexford, anything can happen. And Dela, hats off, by in fairness, to you, you're in the Munster final and well deserving. And um, we'll be looking forward. I, I think there's going to be a great Munster final ahead. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope we're sitting here with a, a little bit of a smile of satisfaction this day, two weeks of some sort. Anyway, that we gave them some bit of a game, but um. To just to talk about Clare a little bit, I only saw the Sunday game and what I saw inside in the van trying to watch it and getting replays and stuff. Um, there's, you know, a one-man team, but he's not playing and we scored 331. Now, from look, talking to a few friends that were there, great crowd again, 16,500, great atmosphere. like. Um, but they could not believe Ever Quilligan's puck out. So it just able to find a midfielder or a wing forward in eight to ten yards of space. He couldn't fail to miss a puck out, I think, before Brian gave him and Foody a run near the end of it. Uh, but yeah, a lot of good coming out of Clare at the moment. They're kind of loving their hurling teach, aren't they? And Duggan, Duggan and O'Donnell again <coughs> seemingly just unreal. Like, they had no answer to them. All, all, all positive come from Clare at the moment, considering, let's say, 12 months ago. And I would even go as far as say, let's say the under-17s, and I know they didn't get a result on Saturday, but like where they've come in 12 months, and they're under-20s this year. Like If you think where Limerick were in the All-Ireland final the weekend, like that Clare team was very, very close to, to, to the Limerick team. So a lot of positives there. And Lohan deserves huge credit because he probably stuck with something you know, that was sticky at the time and it was messy and there was lots of little things going on and might, might have been easy, like, from his lifestyle and given what he's doing, like, it's, it's an amateur job and work. It might have been easy to step away from, but he stuck with it and he has turned this ship and he has it sailing now with everyone, everyone rowing in the same direction, which is massive. Um, on the field, like, to talk about Ava Quilligan, I, 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 it's, I, I've seen two or three puckouts from Ever against Limerick that were just off the charts. He zipped the ball 70, 80 yards, let's say, into a guy's hand against Limerick. That was incredible. He has improved immensely on the puckout. It's massive. And I'm going to say three players maybe from... Well, obviously, we all know what Tony Kelly can do and some of the younger players have been very good. Go back to last year. Shane O'Donnell back is massive. Like, obviously, he's playmaking. He's just a seriously intelligent player. He chipped him with five points yesterday. Massive. That's a huge plus for any team. The Duggan effect is huge as well because it just changes the system. And I even seen Duggan against Limerick was like, just drop it into me. He's not looking for the perfect ball. He can catch it left or right. He's kind of saying, just get it in. Low, high, whatever. He can deal with it. And there's probably a third factor as well for me is Davy Mack, I'd say, is now hurling back close to maybe what we all probably thought he could do and what we have seen in the past, right? So he's nearly like a new player for him as well. Maybe playing in a position because he had played in maybe three or four different positions, say maybe in all the defensive positions, maybe in midfield. But having a huge bearing on it, John Conlon thing is working at centre-back. Uh, Tony Kelly working in between the lines. It's simplistic, but it's working beautifully for them. I said from a puck out to having Duggan at full forward and now to have the flexibility to bring on uh, a few other players and give them the spin out. Like, Can you imagine the buzz and trend and clear this week, given what you just did, preparing for a Munster final? I don't know. Like, What's the story with Rodgers, Delois? Is, is he going to feature or...? I don't. Yeah, I think I think he may have had another slight setback, TJ, and he, he wouldn't be a reality for two weeks' time. I think okay. it's very hard to hear anything. He's a first fifteen player, isn't he? 
Yeah, they still think he'll feature. I think now that the kind of quarterfinal spot is guaranteed because sure, look, he'll be winning the monster final, but they still think he'll, he'll feature uh, uh, later on, you know. Uh, yeah, so. what, I, what, what I will say is you, ca- you, ca- you cannot, I would imagine from a clear point of view, give enough credit to what Lohan has done. He has really, really turned everything around from a clear perspective. And the team is hurling like him. They're very, very difficult to beat. Do you know what I mean? Their head is down and they are driving on. Like, and as such, if ever a team maybe encapsulated everything about their manager, as said, Lohan has got that. And they said, the crowds now are turning out. And, yeah, yeah, dangerous animal now, Delo, as you'd say yourself, I can tell you that now. And I know you'll be playing it down and we'll chat more about it down the road. But look, um, <laughs> fully, 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 fully... Um, You're not cutting anyone at all here, TJ. Okay, look, you finished top. As, as, as you said to me a while ago, the league table doesn't lie. Yeah, look who's back. Is <laughs> <laughs> that one viral last week, man? <laughs> Did it? Yeah, Guess who's back? The rebels back again. <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Yeah. Good stuff, lads. That was Ennis. Um, Ken, they came, they saw, and they conquered. Uh, the flag is up behind him. Uh, they took over the place. Rebels, rebels out in the field afterwards. When I was leaving the box. The field was covered, and cock supporters meeting their heroes. They're back, Ken. They're back. Yeah, and I really appreciate Larry Ryan, uh, you know, contacting me last night to come on this morning. Um, <laughs> Fair play. Really deep, 11th hour selection here. Really decent thing to do to me this morning, lads. So, um, if you're the neighbor, you have nothing. It's just a good company, lads. That's how I enjoy, right? So, so um, yeah, I met Mac before the game. Um, uh, obviously, Cork were really up for the game. Since that coming into the match, uh, had that Monster Championship flavor. I felt coming into the match that, Jesus, Tip have to show something here. I had the pleasure of being in uh, Kilkenny, as I said. I saw a knockout game where everything was put on the line. I felt, you know, um, there was an inkling that Clare, known, as you mentioned, known by Nolan's uh, body language before the game, that they could do a, a number on Waterford. That subsequently, uh, obviously, uh, turned out to, to happen. Um we got it. We got into a huge uh, start. Great goal from Jake Morris straight from the start. What more do you want? Went five up, then got a penalty. You know, uh, my initial reaction, and I suppose as you know, I'm the number one Noel McGrath fan club in the and it hit the post hugely unfortunate. I thought Collins had saved it myself. I'd be always giving the benefit out to the keeper. Um, but Jason Ford has been taking our penalties for a number of years and is an outstanding. Uh, score getter and goal taker and I, my initial surprise I mentioned on radio was why is Jason not taking the penalty but Noel struck it well Noel has been playing well 13 points again yesterday carrying us on his back literally himself and Ronan Maher so from that perspective uh, back down the field and a humdinger of a goal at the other end for young Alan Connolly totally turned the game but after that was embarrassing stuff really because um Two fourteen to one six at half time. Do you know what I mean? Coming through there, wondering what was going to happen next. Cork were in such a comfortable uh, position right throughout the game, and and the sad thing for us is that you know even the scoreline didn't reflect the superiority of Cork. And to, you know it goes hard for me to say that because of the fact that it was a monster championship class it was knockout for both teams. Cork, Cork came after getting that sucker punch at the start of the game. But uh, they really showed what they were about. They have Joyce at centre-back now. Um, 
Dara Fitzgibbon firing all cylinders. And of course, Mark Coleman came back to his best. We probably allowed it. And of course, the man I've been championing all along with Mark there last year, lads, you have to put your hands up and admit it. I kept saying to him, where's Conor Lehan? Where's Conor Lehan? And, you know, to any hurling man, you know that Conor Lehan has, has the class. Obviously, the big stage people have questioned this, that and the other. But in the last couple of games, he's come up trumps for Cork. Outstanding again yesterday. It will be tougher for him coming down, coming down the final run when the, when the real championship starts because uh, obviously he'll be nailed by a few good corner wing backs. But outstanding display from Conor Lehan. But overall, uh, Tom, I think uh, Tom Kingston and his management team are putting out a signal there. We can play without Pat Horgan. We can play without our, our, our marquee players. We can replace them with players equally as good. Jesus, Jack O'Connor came in yesterday, lads. And it was like two shots out of a gun. He's two pints. He was absolutely on fire. Yeah. So he has him humming. And uh, we were just a disappointing second yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, I thought he put up a great old display against Limerick for most of it, Ken, and just probably ran out of juice with a lot of the younger lads being not used to playing at that level. But some old failings came back yesterday, didn't they? Um, like Dara Fitzgibbon's goal. Like, Jesus, how far is he allowed? And I. I I'm sorry for putting Liam on the spot, Liam Sheedy. I said, like, to shades of Kyle Hayes' goal about it. No, it wasn't as maybe... Yeah. In, he didn't and, I saw, and, I far, but... and I saw what happened in Nolan Park. Uh, the, the hits that went in, the lack of space available to, to the Owen Cody's, to the TJ Reeds and company. Uh, anyone that went down the middle was put back in their back. Fergal Horgan, you know, outstanding again, refereeing the game, totally in control of the game. Totally respected by both teams, but the hits, lads, were unbelievable. Uh, you take into comparison yesterday, Mark, and fair juicy, you, you know, you, you were top class, but it was like a practice game. Let's face it, the second half was a practice game, and that's hugely disappointing for us all uh, to see. Yeah, I went out. We kind of stay in the box because you'd be doing analysis, and I just said to him at halftime, lads, I'm going out to watch 20 minutes of this outside in the terrace. I had the terrace to myself because that terrace was closed. And um, I just couldn't believe the lack of intensity. But Cork, all they had to do was keep the, the scoreboard ticking over, to be fair to them. They had the work done at halftime. And must be like when he woke up, Mark, I was saying last Sunday morning week, Kieran, he must have been nearly preparing what he'd say to the press, maybe. And, you know, we did it some good. And uh, best to look to the next person and we'd hand on the baton. And he's, he's waking up today in a different boat, isn't he? Oh, t- totally, it's, it's incredible how how the whole thing has turned around. And um, I think he, he would have said, like you know, that our, our game can't be defined in one, or our season can't be defined in one game. I think they would have to be beaten um, by Clare. And you know, and I think the big thing was that he'd lost control of being able to qualify for the latter stages of the championship. So the control had gone out of his hands, and I suppose it was at that stage. The realization is, oh Jesus, there's 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 there's, a, there's an end coming here, and it's not going to look pretty. And in fairness to them, they have turned it around. Um, and, and I I would say in no small um, juncture that I think the placement of Kieran Joyce as centre back has been a huge uh, changing point. I would say of all the things that have happened, I think just that one move has significantly steadied the ship and. It's a great tribute to a young flat, you know, who is still qualified for the under-20 team this year, um, that at 19 years of age that he's able to man a position. And he looks so comfortable. And I keep making this point. 
he looks like he has plenty of time on the ball at whatever opposition he's coming up against now. And I don't want to put a mark on his back for, for later on in the season. No, but, but Mark, but Mark ter- just, just to say, I still think he's making green enough mistakes. But what I'm seeing is that a young fella that's grown, is learning and is, as you said, getting more and more comfortable. And I think that was a huge selection. As you, just to double down on what you said, put him in there, trust him, put Coleman back to his proper position. And and let him he'll be what kind of a centre back will he be in two years' time like? I know it's it's, it's a bit like having a good two year old in Aidan O'Brien's and you're looking for the derby. You just I, I mean I would have been a small bit afraid of because of his age of putting him in there so early that you, you knew you had a good one. And the question is whether you put him in or not. But he has steadied the ship dramatically, I would say. And then obviously the two elder lads, it was Conor Lahan and Shami Hannity have really started to hit form. Hannity, in particular, last uh, last Sunday against Waterford. And and just to, I suppose, I, I would have always been very hard on Connor over the last number of years that he has never fulfilled his potential. But I would be the first man to admit, I thought yesterday's display was probably his greatest display ever in a Cork jersey. Uh, particularly with the lead that Tip had got and the penalty not being converted. And, okay, we got a goal, but Connor Lehan in the next 15 or 20 minutes, was the man that, that put, that spread eagle the field, I suppose. He got six points from playing the first half, but he was just electric. He was everywhere. His touch was brilliant. He went into the air, silhouetted a couple of times with one hand. Now, he won't get that against a Kilkenny or a, or a Limerick and stuff like that. But yesterday, I thought Conor Lehan was just immense. And I would say great credit to him. And, you know... The other point I would make is that the selectors made a big decision, um, Anthony, as well, to start Patrick Hogan. Um, and I thought Patrick tried really hard yesterday. And obviously they listened to us on the podcast as well because I would have called him out a couple of weeks ago to jogging out the freeze. He was sprinting out the freeze to take him yesterday. And I thought that set a good tone as well for him as well. Because, you know, when you were walking out to a free there's too much time to be twinking, thinking and dwelling over your free. Get out there, get over the ball, compose yourself and rattle it over the bar like any good player does. So I, I think, you know, I think after yesterday, you know, to, to score the score that we got, um, we have a nice blend now, I would say, and the leaders keep coming to the fore. I thought Niall O'Leary was very comfortable yesterday. Shauna Dunahoo, again, we mentioned off screen beforehand, who would like to be a selector picking the two cornerbacks in the All-Star this year? Uh, Barry Nash, Ronan Hayes, Sean O'Donoghue, Sean Finn, trying to pick two from the four of them lads at the moment. So um, I just think in, in general, it, there's a feel-good factor, obviously. The, the next game mightn't be as difficult as we'd be expecting, but um, I you, think Cork possibly... Will you, go, will you go to Corrigan Park, Mark, if it's, if it's Antrim? Charlie was left at home yesterday, Dale. He had a bit of soccer training yesterday in Warnford and he brought the middleman yesterday, Matthew. And I never thought in my life I would be able to throw the young fella three feet into the air right against Tipperary when we got three goals. And I must say, he knocked some satisfaction out of it. He was fist pumping, he had the jersey on and he was kissing the flag and all this kind of stuff. You can't, you can't buy that kind of stuff, lads. You know, the young lad. So he just said to me, going away, I said, we're going out with three or four minutes to go to avoid the traffic. There is no way, he said, we're leaving before the final whistle. 
And then when I saw five minutes going up for extra time, I just said, Jesus, this will be some persecution for the tip supporters to get another five minutes of this. So he first said the young play, he convinced me to stay till the final whistle. We saw the lads pump, doing a bit of a fist pump, and then we shot out the door, and it was a great day for everybody involved. Wouldn't you think you'd bring him down to the field there and get a couple of pictures with Hoggy and, and Lehan and, and, and Hernady, etc.? Like, you know, all the parents that were, you're, you're out the door, you go back to scanning mares and stuff like no, he, he forgot the marker. He brought two jerseys with him, right? And he, and he all, for about an hour in the morning, he said, Dad, we need to be able to get the signatures of all the players now today. So I said, I said Jesus. I said, there'll be half of them we'll be going to the dressing room before we get a chance. I said, we'll get three or four, we'll shoot out onto the field. So we were looking at it. He bought a little bag with him. The jersey was in there, the flag was in there, bottle of Coke and a sandwich, and you know yourself. I said, Nacho, where's the marker? And a big, long face came on. The tears started to roll. The thought of But I said, look, we're going to have another day out, so we'll get him the next day. So if we have to go to Antrim, Dela, the small man is in the car. We have, we have signatures to get. We'll travel to Antrim. Or if we have to go down to Kerry, they'll probably bring us to Tralee. We'll definitely travel. Yeah, you wouldn't go. You wouldn't go for the football, but you you you'll go if this uh, this Killarney or Tralee. You'll go. I'd probably bring you up to to Abidorney or somewhere if I was them. Anyway, that's exactly. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be a bit like going to Red Downey. <laughs> but we're TJ, there. We're, we're there. Is it amazing? TJ, we'll come back to the twenty final. Um, saw most of us trying to trying to watch it as we were having meetings and stuff. <laughs> it isn't easy when you're on duty, but um, you, your overall. Tip just didn't tip. bring. Enough. Yeah, did absolutely didn't. Like again, I, I don't know. I, this, this hurling game is starting to make a fool out of me. In terms, of, I'm just beginning to question what am I looking at. I was impressed enough with Tip against Limerick. I thought they came very organised, very structured, knew exactly what they were doing. I thought their handoffs were good, and they were following Gerald Hagerty and Tom Morris. I thought they did everything right as a team. Their game plan was simplistic, and it was like as if yesterday they went back to. At uh, times, they didn't know whether they were zonal. They didn't know they were picking somebody up. Like, I could pick four or five occasions. And, like, after the opening 10 minutes spell, right? And and even Cork didn't even execute him brilliantly. There was one puck out, Patrick Collins hit over in the arena stand where Darifus gave I think the ball went out over the line, right? But I think Darifus Gibbon was in about 40 yards of space and there was no one absolutely near him at all, right? So there was oodles of that. Um, like Dylan Quirk even went for a ball and he just batted it straight down to Hoggy who put it over the bar and there was loads of them. And even the first goal that Alan Connolly scored, right? There's three temporary defenders on the scene there, right? So they have him exactly where you want him. And then the three of them are at one side and they give him the opening. Oh, Alan Connolly does very well and he's proved to be a goal scorer machine. And you have to credit him with that, right? Like, like he just kind of barged in, got away with it, spun and, and, and great goal. But from a defensive point of view, when you look at that in the tape afterwards, you'd be very disappointed from a very defensive point of view. And then Darifus Gibbon sailed through, picked up a breaking ball in the middle of the field. It just kept opening and opening and opening. And then I think it was Ronan Maher that jumped across and maybe ever so slightly blindsided but the keeper's got to block that as well like like that's like that's what you've got to do at this level so I would say all round like after the opening let's say seven or eight minutes for Tipperated like it was completely lacking intensity they were in between modes and I'm just wondering here and maybe a little bit similar with Waterford our team's really organised getting really structured and knowing exactly what they're doing against Limerick right and then for let's say perceived Lesser opposition. I'm going to use that word, Marco, in case you take me up wrong here, right? Perceived lesser opposition. 
do, do they kind of revert to type a bit and maybe not have the same impetus into that game as they had in the Limerick game? I, I don't know what you think, Ken, but that's what it felt like for me looking on from Tipperary's point of view. They were kind of in between zones again. Yeah, like, I mean, it is sad when our two top players over the last couple of matches, a number of matches actually, have been Cottle Barrett and, and Craig Morgan, our two cornerbacks. And Roland Maher obviously has come back to fill a hole at fullback, which means basically... It seemed yesterday our half-back line weren't there at all. But um, uh, you mentioned about setting up for games and things like that. I mean, it was knockout yesterday. We had to put our bodies on the line. We had to show passion in the jersey. We had to show drive and determination. And uh, we didn't do that. We're not winning primary ball. Nobody puts their hand up for the ball to Brary. Nobody catches the ball. Shane O'Donnell, like, what is he? Five foot eight, five foot nine. He's yeah. flying onto balls catching them in, even among rooks and and uh, all the outstanding fetching and feeling that was done in Kilkenny and last last uh, week in Ennis with Clare and Limerick. We're just lacking in the, the department of, of, of winning the hard ball, winning the high ball. So it's like a ball alley basically. The ball has been hit up and it's coming back twice as fast. And the pressure or back line, particularly our full back line or under is, is incessant. Incessant, you know, and uh, I, I just feel like um, there's a lot of surgery to be done. I don't know where uh, we start. Hurling's going to be a funny game. I just happened to pick up an article that you guys were in, involved in, in in your Munster predictions. And Dalo, you said Tipperary would finish last, you know, um, in, in, in the situation that we wouldn't we, we, we wouldn't do well. Uh, that has unfortunately has come to pass. Uh, we're minus 31 in the score difference. Minus 31. If you were minus 12 or 15, you'd say, Jesus, we're, we were close. And looking at the Waterford situation now, that was the real game to win because Tip played so well in Waterford for 63, 64 minutes. A couple of refereeing decisions definitely went against us. I think it's the one game we could have won, uh, the Tommy situation. And I think uh, it looks now that was the game that could have could have helped us. But the, the Clare show, <coughs> the horror show yesterday... Uh, I mean, I mean, from our perspective, uh, the concession of huge scores, um, there's a there's a lot of mind-boggling stuff to, to think about now. Yeah, and we, I, I think one thing can is, you know, no one knows if managers are going to stay on. No one knows if Liam Cahill is going to decide to stay on in Watford. No one knows if Cullum. I never ever, uh, I wound up six years in Dublin, and I never ever said there's a two-year term or a three-year term, or I wouldn't let the county board say it because I just felt. You have to take every year and its merits. Were you going to make it better or worse? Were the panel with you, not with you? But I would say if Cullum is staying, like it needs nearly a sit down the autumn, you know, absolute Brian O'Mara and Owen Connolly. <laughs> no America, lads. <laughs> no plans now. You're here. I, I feel he's a huge loss to the half back line. Do you know, he really clear yeah. if it's given nearly, you know. And, and Kieran, Kieran Connolly, it's funny you mentioned Owen Connolly, you, know, you only have to mention him by accident. Yeah, the two Connollys, obviously. TJ's yeah, we, don't know where, we don't know where Owen has gone. Uh, Kieran, Kieran, Kieran Connolly as well. Yeah, Niall O'Mara, obviously, on his travels, will be back. Willie Connors, who broke his leg, unfortunately. These are the lesser-known players that have contributed hugely to this yeah. team. And my heart goes out to the management team. My heart goes out to the players because um, they have put in savage work. And uh, I'm sure they're at a low web today. And... Uh, there is, there is the, uh, it's a McDonough Cup final between Kerry and Antrim, and there is the possibility that Tipperary may have to keep stay training to play uh, the McDonough Cup if Kerry win it, the McDonough Cup winners, then that probably will be in Tralee again. 
So from that perspective, we're 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 in a situation now whether we don't know whether we should go back training or not, or will we be playing Kerry? If Kerry win the McDonald Cup, we seem to be playing him uh, to stay in Munster hurling. Hmm. Yeah, the other thing too, Dale there is I suppose that whole um, uh, from a county's perspective now is that whole buy into everything that's going on, like like Cork, like they probably had maybe three or four, maybe five to one in terms of fans yesterday. So Ken, there's a whole maybe kind of belief thing in the whole Tipperary, whatever you call that, all of hurling or whatever, or the whole column situation with the senior team is the fans didn't seem to believe either yesterday because it was nearly red all the way around the stadium. I could see, and in fairness to the to the rebels, as Mark tells me, even though they get beaten there and, and they lost the first two rounds, they still believe, and just they were out in force yesterday, all, all, all over the place, and definitely things are heading in 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 a situation in Cork where the team is definitely structure wise definitely improving. I agree with Joyce at six. I think he's definitely made a difference in allowing Corman to play at seven. Um, Lahan is new lease of life. The game was played in their terms. Their stick work was really really good shooting was really really good just maybe a little question mark for me about the whole defensive full back line is that maybe against better opposition you might have conceded more goals tip looked dangerous a lot of the time the ball went in there so just a little word of warning Mark not that you need it or anything like that and not that you'll be listening to me today I'm sure because as I said when you're going well like most Cork people you listen to no one Well, all I, all I will like, say, right? to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say this. Um, I think before the year is out, I think John Melrick could have a part to play in this defence. Um, you know, depending on who you're playing against, um, I just, I still have concerns over Damien. You know, he, he's um, when I see him with a bit too much time with the ball in his hand, I could see Kieran Kingston on the sideline a couple of times. Will you go long, please? Go long, go long, go long, Damien. So that, look, I think, you know, like if we came up against a Wexford and, and a Lee Chin, geez, he's a powerful man. Let's, like I would just, I want to make that point about physique and strength and conditioning. Have you ever seen a hurler so well-toned in all your life? Christ, he's, he is really like... One of the we say the running backs of the New Zealand team or a, or, or an Irish team maybe or a brighter he's God he's a powerful man like you know and a brilliant stickman as well like yeah what you're likely to be facing Marco I suppose if he can negotiate the trip to Tralee or or um, Corrigan Park you're likely to be meeting the losers in Leinster final so you you might have Conor Whelan or own Cody to worry about in there so TJ Reid etc mm. but look I think the way Cork are going with another bit of improvement. I give you know Callan. I thought has had, has had two good old defensive shifts, and I think that old cornerback role might be suits. Mm. It's, it's, ju- it's just that some of his clearances, Anthony, against Waterford ended up forty yards, ended up in Waterford hands twice over the bar, and a little bit he does lose the ball a bit too more, a bit too often for me. But look, he's certainly a man that has taken an awful lot of criticism, and it's a fair trial of him that he keeps coming back. He's a great guy now, a really, really good guy, but. Sometimes, Damien, you might be better off to lump it down the field. I mean, we have Connolly now. If Tim O'Manny happens to make the starting 15, so we, we have, I suppose, Tim is, 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 is certainly a person who is, um, who is an option, a bit like Duggan now is an outball. Um, like, I, I wouldn't be messing around with it too often in, in, in our backline. That would be, well, Mark, be my view. Um... I just have to point out, I said it on air, I know you were at the match, you wouldn't have seen it, but like, it gave me nearly scary moments. Uh, Tim O'Mahony's goal, like that was a throwback to 
to Hennessy and right back to Shawnee Leary, like the first time ball across the square. And John the Fitzgibbon, touch on the ground from, from yeah. Dara Fitzgibbon and the first time in from Tim O'Mahony, yeah. Yeah, I said Cork, the, the old, even the older Cork people understand who didn't like the shark game and this kind of. I said they were loving that goal, like without a question of doubt, you know, no doubt. But like, like all the goals yesterday had a bit of everything in them. I suppose you'd have to say Connolly's goal for me is a team goal, particularly coming after the the penalty uh, non-conversion. Like that was a real team goal, and the fact that Connolly Connolly spun away. Shortened the holly and off his left hand side, just hit the inside of the post to go in. God, let's he's a really good talent. And of course, just in case people don't know, his uncles are Tom and Jim Cashman, and his grandfather is Jimmy Brohan, the former cornerback that played for years for Cork. So, like the like the mayor's Dela, he's well bred. <laughs> he's bred in the purple. So, that's Monster Lads. Um, he's a great character in Kilrush. Um, not did that long, no cocky Casey. He was a great character, and he, he used to predict who'd win early in the year. All of us, and he, he'd said, This year buys back the three K's. Who are they, cocky? The boys would say, He said, Kerry, Kilkenny, and Cock. That <laughs> 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 was cocky. He was, he was a famous character inside the town. But the three are in that order Claire, Limerick, and Cock. So they're not gone away. They haven't gone away. So we look forward to two weeks' time, Munster final, the Mick Mackey Cup, up for grabs. What an honour it would be uh, for either Tony Kelly or Declan Hannon to get their hands on it. Odds on, Declan Hannon will be lifting it, but we'll go down anyway. And we get no, the flags out no, there, no, no, no. and sign it'll, outside Martin Bones like, here. No. It'll be like, Dela, you try to hoodwink us now to start of the season, try to play your well down. You know, your um, your camouflage is gone now, Dela. Okay, you're on, you're in full view now, and he sent your second team uh, to beat Waterford just uh, comprehensively. So there'll be nobody taking you lightly from here on in, Dela. Ah, uh, yeah, Waterford had lost the plot. Uh, four four lads made their debut as well. It was just nice to be able to do that as well in a big crowd and and uh, good, all good, sure. But look, we know what's coming down the tracks, and uh, we'll do our best. We we'll do our best, and we get the sign and the flags up here now. Uh, for the Munster final, wishing Brian and the lads from from Morty's very important. Here. Limerick lads don't do that anymore. No, they wait till they are in the final. Like so, yeah, uh, all, good, never, all good, all good. No, 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 Dela, we will never get bored with Munster final. They are all Ireland final. They, and in fairness to the final Limerick crowd and Turles yesterday for the under twenty match. So I'm assuming we're going to come back to that in a while. We go to Leinster yes. first and then come back. Yeah, yeah, we go across to our our Leinster brethren um, and Galway, of course, in there. Um, Ken, you got the game of the... It's interesting, Liam, Liam Sheedy said he went down and he sat behind the goal. He got all the action there at that goal. John Murphy save. And, <clears> but, um, he travelled. I would have thought beforehand, I, I couldn't see Wexford overturning them. I thought things had maybe gone a bit like Watford there with the draw with Westmead. We knew that good players, I think, like Mark spoke about Lee Chin. I suppose Chin is like Kelly in lots of ways for... For Wexford, but there's so many guys that stood up. I, I especially want to mention Liam Ryan, you know, an outstanding point to put him a point ahead. He put his body on the line for the first block for the trilogy of saves to stop Kilkenny getting a goal. And uh, he stood on, and we were critical of him here the day of the Dublin game that he didn't take on the shot that day to level it. He passed it, stood up, Macho Hanlon, D. O'Keefe, uh, Damien Wreck, <coughs> so many Conor McDonald's. And, 
Kilkenny didn't have the answers for them and after getting off to a good start fantastic goal from one Cody and it looked like here we go um, but Wexford stood like their lives were on the line and they have gotten through now in third place and a great credit to Darigan, Niall Corker and etc and uh, great game came real intensity real championship and uh, Wexford boys they often speak about their pride and the blood in their veins by Jesus I tell you they showed all that Saturday evening yeah and um we have a little uh, get together every Sunday evening, the high table we call it, and we have Limerick men and Kerry men and Cork men and Offaly men, of course, Galway and ourselves uh, as well in Borer. So we do have an old chat about that. And I, we do fancy, we do give our fancies. And I give to start of the year, Wexford my fancy to win Leinster, which obviously is not going to happen. But I was sticking by Wexford um, all along. Um, um, and I felt. Keen, uh, who and myself just said, we're now from Kilkenny. We flew off there Saturday evening. We had not a bother in the world. I had him doing a bit of work for me, doing a, cutting a few hedges and that. So that was his reward for going down to Kilkenny. Um, it's a great place to go to, lads, Nolan Park. Um, fantastic <coughs> atmosphere. Stewards seem to all know the hurling. They're, they know more about hurling than the hurlers themselves. They'll always have the chat with them. They'll, they'll have the crack. That was a fantastic evening, Nolan Park. Um, I just felt in my bones that this was going to be a, a right hell of a game. It's brilliant less to be neutral going to a game, you know, where you don't really mind who wins. You want to appreciate what goes on. But uh, my expectations were more than fulfilled. I was actually, you know, and Leinster have a little bit of a, a thing about Munster Hurling. They're saying you're always pontificating there about Munster Hurling. And we do seem to get bigger crowds. Uh, but 15,000 flew into into Nolan Park Saturday evening. Uh, just from the very word go, lads, there was, a, there was a feeling that this was going to be a, one hell of a, a game. And uh, it turned out to be that. Kilkenny looked to be totally in the ascendancy, as you mentioned, Dale, at the start. Um, but Wexford just clawed her way back into the game slowly, slowly, slowly. Uh, and uh, Dio in the middle of the field. Uh, Damien Reck at the back. Lee Chin came into the game. They were playing him out in the middle of the field because they were so uh, derived of a ball at that stage for a, a 10 minute, 15 period in the first half. But then they started to shoot a few great points, particularly uh, from a few other backs. But the second half, we thought the first half was good. The second half was absolutely top notch stuff from both teams. Kilkenny threw the kitchen sink at him. Obviously, as you know, John Donnelly didn't start. Parik Walsh, for some strange reason, didn't start. Because I'd bring Parik with me any day of the week to play a championship hurling. Now, maybe that was tactical. Maybe. But if Dublin had won, Kilkenny were out of the championship, lads. So Kilkenny couldn't afford to yeah. take any chances uh, uh, last Saturday evening. But uh, what you mentioned, Dalo, the passion, the pride, but more or less the leadership from the Liam Rines and the Damien Ricks, the absolute leadership uh, from them was absolutely phenomenal. But key, key component of this victory, lads, was the changes they made. <laughs> Charlie McGuckian coming in, son son of, of, of Shane McGuckian, the former Offaly hurler. Um, he won. The, 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 I suppose the, the highlight of the game was the scraps. We talk about Paul mm-hmm. Galvin who used to carry with football. Every scrap, Wexford came out with the ball. Every ball that was on the ground, Wexford came out with the ball. And the funny thing then from, from the Kilkenny perspective, lads, was that Kilkenny went back to route one. 
they started swinging ball high down on top of Walter and TJ. And of course, Matt, Matt Johannan's like a Siamese, they're like Siamese twins at this stage, Matthew and TJ, because TJ, everywhere Matthew goes, TJ is stuck to him. So the both of them are, were together for all that. So Matthew seems to have a little number on TJ. But from everybody's point of view, it went to the wire and against the breeze as well. Savage points from Liam Ryan, Damien Rick, and of course the pint from Mickey the Wire. We speak about the Peter Duggan pint. <coughs> Mickey, Mikey the Wire's pint, and he's a former student of Manute College, by the way, and an excellent rugby player. Uh, it looked like rugby was Linster rugby was going to be his uh, choice at one stage. What a score! Jinked in, jinked out, and to finish with a plum. What a score! And of course the Owen Murphy save in the first half. Keep Kilkenny in it just before half time. There were so many highlights in the game, lads. Uh, our mouths were just open, and we just actually walked off the pitch after the game uh, because what an atmosphere, what a, a feel-good factor just to be down there. Ken, can I just ask you, like, From I was watching the game on telly, right? And to be honest about it, I was listening to plus one nonsense and on a number of occasions. I am not got <laughs> a clue what they were on. This is a new phrase in hurling, plus one. Um <laughs> Am I right? Did Wexford set up with a sweeper? Right? Was it a full-blown sweeper system? I know you can clearly see that Richie Reed was free, but like obviously they didn't have a sweeper. They just played with their six backs and kept Richie Reed as their natural centre back. Is that correct? Yeah, and uh, Kilkenny actually started with two. No, Kilkenny actually started with two inside TJ. And by the way, Billy Ron didn't start either, and he was one of the top players in the league. But uh, uh, own own own. Owen Cody obviously was inside and TG was floating out. TG actually started a centre forward, which meant that Wexford had to have a sweeper. Now, I was expecting Kevin Foley when he was named at number 11 to be sweeper, uh, TJ. But Kevin Foley actually played as an orthodox midfielder. So it meant that Damien Rick was doing a lot of sweeping for... for, for, for and, and Dio, of course, was coming back, flying around, fr- flying around the pitch. But uh, the work rate of the, of the Wexford team right around the pitch was unbelievable. And you mentioned plus one, <laughs> TJ. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we're hearing about the short ball. We're hearing about uh, the systems. We're hearing about zonal marking. But at the end of the day, win the ball, hit the ball, and get it to where you, you want it uh, into space. That's what hurling's about. And Jesus, Ken, Ken, you, you can't be saying those kind of things to the modern player, Ken. You must have the buzzwords Zonal, stick to the plan, <laughs> plus ones. Jesus, plus it would be done out of a job if you didn't have all those buzzwords. Like, you know? Through the lines. Through the lines. It's the right ball to the right place. Because if you have the desire up front, like Lee Chin had, or Dion Cody's or TJ Reid, for that matter, or Big Walter, if you have the desire to win the ball, you'll win it. And obviously, you want the ball in the right trajectory. You want it there. But, you know, in Nolan Park, um, Wexford were able to mix they have a savage mix now with Darry Egan you know they have a savage mix and that they can mix it up and he's obviously given the the flair to go forward because when it came down to brass tags last Sunday Saturday evening Wexford had to win and they put the ball over the bar from the 50-60 yard Cahill Dunbar scored Mikey Dwyer scored as well their substitutes three substitutes uh, scored uh, uh, and savage points they were they weren't just tap over points your pints that were manufactured pretty well. And I think um, this Wexler team, lads, I have I rate this Wexler team. Uh, people dismiss Wexford, 
I, I just have an inkling they have will have a big say in this championship coming in in third place in Leinster. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, do you know? Do you know? Sorry, do you know what they have shown, lads? <clears throat> they have showed remarkable resilience because they had a great start to the league, right? And then in the last game or two, things didn't go well for them. They went on to the championship then. And we all felt the one game that they had to win was the Dublin game because everybody felt it would come down to Dublin or Wexford to get through. They lost that game by a point. And then to get a further blow, they slipped up against Westmead. So now they have taken three body blows in the last six or seven years, six or seven weeks. They have showed remarkable resilience to come back, believe in the management, believe in themselves, go into Northern Park against the Kilkenny team that are coming off of a massive victory over Dublin last weekend and to come away with the spoils. I'd have to I'd have to agree with you, Ken. Whether whether or not Ken when when it comes down to they get to the All Ireland semi final stage against we'll say whoever's there, whether they will step up to that and Crow Park, a bigger field. You know, I, I do, I'm not I'm not fully convinced yet, Ken, but I must say hats off to them to be where they are right now with the hammer blows they've taken, I think, over the last five or six weeks. We've seen some of the teams that have gone out of the championship that once they were put on the back foot, they, I suppose, limped out of the championship. I think I think Wexford has shown tremendous resilience to, to get to the latter stage so far. Yeah, Mark, they'd, they'd likely um, go across if they can negotiate the, the preliminary quarterfinal in either Corrigan Park or Abidorney. Uh, they'd likely go across to meet the losers of the Munster final now with Limerick one to five on and the handicap being seven points. That's likely to be clear. Now, um, the one thing is clear of a great record against Wexford the last few years. And even the last yeah. 10, 15 years, clear and Wexford, every time they meet in a big game, any kind of an important game, clear seem to have their number. So, we're going to speculate. Uh, we, one, yeah. of the finals, one of the quarterfinals will be in the hallowed uh, turf of Parky Heave. Uh, we believe one of the quarterfinals will be Park Eve. And if it's if it is clear, as you would predicted, Dale, that you, you have no hope in that monster final. No. If it's clear in Wexford, uh, that will be Park Eve. And Wexford don't like going to Cork traditionally. And neither do Clare. We love no, going no, to Cork. No, no, no. I, I, I know a lot of your supporters. Mr. Foodie down there, my old good Correct. buddy there from Oina um, Kilamona. He says, there's no way we're going to Park Eve. It's a disaster to get in and get out. So now, <laughs> the, la- the last time he played there, there was a very, very poor showing. Now, Dela, I think you're putting the cat before the house now because I can tell you, you know, you know, dog outsiders like you're trying to make us make you out to be this morning. What? One to five Limerick. There's you something wrong any, there. That's going to be a very close any, game. There's no bookies on bikes, uh, Marco. We'll come back to the Munster final. Can I, I just ask you one thing, we... TJ? One thing, can I just ask you before we move away? Would Mikey O'Dwyer's point, wonderful score. Would you see it scored in Nolan Park in a huge championship game against Kilkenny 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> the first jink, you'd be levelled. I levels, think they've, yeah, they've, yeah. They've, they've, they've a bit to worry about. And obviously, they've, they've lost I two think... matches yet during the Leinster final, but. There's, there's final, mid, they can't seem to get midfield traction, can they? Alan Murphy, yeah, Andrew Mullen, the weekend. They played six, second fiddle, really, to Liam Ogg and Kevin Foley. You'd have to say overall. Yeah, midfield has been like a Lennigan's ball for them for Kilkenny all season. They've had so many different people in and out of there. I can, I, I just don't know how they're going to settle that. I, like the Partick Walsh thing is huge, Ken. I don't know. 
what has happened there? Like, was he injured? Maybe, maybe he's carrying a knock. I, I don't he know. Said he is carrying a knock. A knock, TJ. Okay. Uh, Brian yeah, Cody said he's carrying a slight knock. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's hard to believe that he would be in the half hour line, but like, I, I, I saw in Galway and Salt Hill there was like a shortish game with Kilkenny and then there was a frustration among their sideline about that we need to hit the ball on, right? Like they played absolutely into Wexford's hands in that second half, right? It was absolutely straight down the barrel, down the top of big men every single time and which wasn't working. Like Richie Reid had a load of positions. They needed to work the ball short. Bottom line here is Kilkenny scored 118. Not good enough to win a championship game in the way the modern game is played. Like and just like after the start they made where they had one five on the board, like probably after eight or ten minutes, Ken, right? And looking like I mean everything was normal for Kenny. After that you'd have to say they were really, really poor. Where both teams are at, I I'd have a question mark about both of them. I, I just can't see like I can't see Wexford getting the scores. Like, unfortunately for Wexford, if they had beaten Westmead, they would have been in the Leinster final. Ken, that's that's how close. Like, said, with, with the win in Kilkenny, and you know, if Kilkenny had beaten them, they'd be out. That's how fragile the championship is. And I suppose the piece of the equation for teams like Dublin, let's say Tipperary today or Waterford now is how far are you away? Like, is 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 the gap huge, or how far is it? If you change one or two players, and that's always the big conundrum for teams. But for me. I think both Kilkenny and Wexford have work to do. I thought Kilkenny were improving. I thought they were going to be a threat in the championship, but they have to get something right amongst, let's say, themselves in terms of their game plan and their structure. They're in between. Uh, it's causing confusion among them. And I just thought they kept numping ball long. It was very old school stuff. It wasn't working. And I just didn't see that creativity in them to go and win the game. Albeit, no, they could have had a goal. Brilliant defending uh, by, by the Wexford boys. And if they'd got that, they might have still stuck a result. So, question mark about both mention, Obviously, we have to mention Galway, lads. Galway are coming in lovely. Jesus, they're coming in so quietly go into this Leinster final um, with, with that situation. Yeah, like Clare and Limerick, um, unbeaten. Uh, they draw in Wexford, all right. So maybe there, maybe there is some traction there for Wexford. TJ, they won. You know, they were able to get the draw with them. Um, but yeah. sitting pretty on nine points, and then the four teams on six points. Obviously, the Dubs scoring difference ultimately. And I suppose beating the two lesser teams, you have to kind of hammer them. I suppose that's that's the reality of it now, because not to, not for the first time, Leinster has come down to scoring difference. So um, yeah, yeah. salt here. Yeah. It took care D- of just, just, Dela, sorry, Dela, sorry, sorry, Dela, before, just before, can, can you give us a view of, of Fergal Horgan's contribution to the game on Saturday night? Uh, my, 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 my heart has been uplifted in uh, this weekend by refereeing. First of all, Fergal Horgan, um, absolutely outstanding. Uh, Kilkenny and Wexford people around me, and we're all passionate, as you well know, about decisions and what happens. Uh, unanimous in their view that Thank God we have this referee, a man in the middle. No fuss, no interference. Like any human, mistakes will be made, but absolutely outstanding presence there as well. And it made for such a huge game because if you won your free, you earned it, right? If you acted the canat, right, you were told. The finger was pointed or you were ticked and there was no fuss. It went on like that. But I must say, Sean Stack and Thomas Walsh yesterday, Two outstanding referees yesterday. It was a pleasure uh, to see that young fellas coming through like that as well in the referee and stakes. So from that perspective, um, Fergal Horgan, it makes for the game. And you, you, you've managed game teams yourselves, lads, when you go into game situation, you're saying, who's the ref? 
And people, one, one time people say, the ref doesn't matter. By God, lads, as you well know, the ref does matter. Yep, big time, big time. It's very impressive, Torres, as well, I have to say. Stack is really <clears> developing into <throat> top class, I think, you know. So, good weekend for refs all around. Uh, Galway, TJ, job done. Um, Henry would be happy, I'd say. They've negotiated their way nicely through it. Um, Connor Whelan's return to farm. I mean, you know, we've lauded on O'Donnell on this show, like, and he's, he just couldn't cope with Wheelow yesterday, could he? Just impossible to mark, like, and we're just flagging it there for Cork later on if they do come across him or you know he is he is indeed and that full forward line now with with Mannion and and, and Con Cannon and himself is he looks fierce threatening but Dublin obviously not not going well one goal in the five matches it's no threat of a goal relying on Donald Burke I think Green McBride got two points a couple of a few lads got one point not good enough at all spread of scores I suppose Matty he'll have to sit down with the board now and decide whether he's staying or going um but they, they look look looks like you know it looks like it needs a change of direction to be honest. And, and Matty has won yeah. two All Ireland clubs with Kula, not anyone in Dublin will ever be able to see it. Yeah, no doubt Galway will be very happy, I suppose, to start with them. Um job done, uh, top of the table, uh, like unbeaten through the championship, so perfect for Henry. Very settled look about the team, uh, very structured, um, nice forwards. Um, even Keenan Fahey now chipping in with a couple of scores, which is a big plus for them as well. Uh, I think so we saw Joe Cooney um, up to the weekend, was top scorer from play at wing forward. Tom Monaghan going very nicely. Uh, Connor Cooney scoring the freeze. So an awful lot of positives for Henry there. And in the squad getting stronger as well with a couple of lads coming back. So I would say there will be in just a nice position. Maybe the goals, they'll have to come at some stage for them. And I'm sure that that will be on his mind. Henry being one of the better goal scorers of all time anyway. Um, so I, I, I think that, that that's a piece that maybe they can improve on. Very, very happy and lovely position for them to be in. We are going to get the Henry versus Cody part two, which will be interesting. Um, like, Galway entitled to be favourites now. It's in Crow Park now. What difference does that make? Um, I just like the look of Galway right now in terms of their their maybe their overall team structure, where they're at. Like who knows what kind of a team like the Kilkenny training will throw up over the next couple of weeks. I think they've got questions to answer about their style of play as well. There's a little bit of a change trying to come in there, and I'm not sure if it's fully welcomed across the board. So I don't know. To go to Dublin. You'd have to say, given that they had six points early, like the last two games have been disappointing. Um, I know it's only on score difference in qualify, but you know, from from, from Matty himself, it looked like as if you know, I mean they, they were going to get that qualification. They're definitely lacking some sort of forwards. Their league form was okay at times, but against Kilkenny, seemed to have the mindset over them at the moment that they'll beat them. So yeah crossroads for, for for Dublin again their score it wouldn't be good enough to win a championship game like so yeah work to do there yeah big time and yeah. I think it's a great Leinster final to look forward to the American like Kenny love Crow Park obviously as much as anyone but I think that Salt Hill necessarily wouldn't suit Galway I, I think they love Crow Park with the, with the type of forward they have yeah and, and we mentioned this the, the last weekend and I said about timing and the reference I was making was both Clare and Limerick in terms of the league form. Galway's league form wasn't brilliant either. And they're really the three teams that seem to be in the best form right now. Uh, Cork obviously have turned, possibly turned the corner, but I'm saying, and you asked me last week, as to who's probably in second position. I think I put Galway into the second position uh, in, the, in the pecking order in the country at the moment. So 
I'd say Crow Park, Dela, I think, will probably suit Galway slightly better. Um, I think the defeat, now the, the only thing I suppose is there's a defeat in Kilkenny and they will be sore after Wexford, their near neighbours and near rivals for a long, long time, having put them to the sword over the weekend. So, you know, we've often seen Kilkenny to come back. And the minute you doubt Kilkenny, they bite you in the backside. I suppose one of the concerns for me, for Galway coming away yesterday, is that Dahi Burke limped out of the game yesterday and also Padraig Mannion was taken off injured. So there'll be a quick turnaround to get those lads back on the, on, from the, from the, um, the injury list. But... For that's me at David the moment, Burke, there's a lot of David. yeah, David Burke, sorry, yeah, David oh, Burke, yeah. yeah, David Burke, yeah. Um, you know that that would be a concern because they won't have a whole pile of training done in the lead-in, and some people you'll be worried: is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? But I suppose it's not make or break winning or losing the Leinster final. But when you get there, you want to win it. You want to have your best players on the field and have a full panel of players to play from. You know, it's unknown really fully and conclusive whether winning or losing the Munster the Leinster final is an advantage or a disadvantage because we've often mentioned, TJ, you've mentioned this earlier on in the year. You know, Dale, I'm going to give you a plug here that when Limerick win the Munster final, your concern for them, right, is the gap between the Munster final and the semi final. So, TJ, you'll probably we, we'll, we'll get a bit more evidence of that in the course of this year, but. I think Galway are going. Their graph is rising and rising and rising. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be thinking they would be looking forward to the Leinster final in a confident manner. Dello, yeah, I'm, question I, for I, you. I think it, how, go on. How, how much of a factor is during the way the block was, let's say, the six, seven weeks, right? Like, let's say either the lack of training. Or potentially, as Ken maybe have pointed out, maybe too much training, like the management of that block for teams, both winning and losing. How much of that has been a factor? I wonder when teams look back, whether it be Dublin or whether it be Waterford, like how much of a factor yeah. was that? Yeah, sure. It, it, I I'd be shocked, like to hear that Waterford did a heavy kind of a week or even a heavy session before the Cork game. I maybe the previous Sunday was your last chance because they had a break week, hadn't they? Uh, yeah, they had a two-week break, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked. Like, I, I couldn't see. I mean, it happened those with Dublin. It was, it was it was a knockout Leinster Championship, but we happened to draw with Wexford and draw with Kikini. But we played five weeks in a row. We did no training, TJ. We, we chatted through things. We did a bit of video analysis. We got the bodies right. We went swimming in the Irish Sea. We we had a barbecue. We just tried to keep the buzz going. And, and when we had low times, tried to pick it up, we were... Look, Dan said we played constipated hurling. We talked about that. Were we constipated, lads? Why don't we let it go? Do you know, and I can't believe that that the teams would do a heavy block. Like, uh, you had to do your heavy. And I think also, like, sure, like, this leads back into the league, lads. You know, we're clear in Limerick and, and Galway and maybe Kikini. Were they doing really heavy stuff during the league? Like, and saying, you know, if you're clear in Limerick, look at let it off. We'll probably be good enough to beat Offaly. So... We'll be no worries about relegation here, and we'll concentrate on the round robin. And I think, I think that's the teams that are going well. I, I think, you know, pick out a league game that you want to have a right cut off. Uh, yeah, obviously the Clare Limerick match was a fair old battle drawn in us. So, yeah, because it's just, it, I find it hard to believe Tidge, that teams would do that now. Yeah, because even if things went wrong, let's say in, in these six seven weeks, there's very little training time to go and try and do something structurally different, and that's where I think the teams that are in between are struggling. I think that 
tip for an example of that for me. I, th- I, th- I thought structurally got it right against Limerick. I thought the weekend they got it, they, they, they were all over the place. I think Kilkenny were trying to do something different. And I, then I think they went back to type in this lump all along. So I think maybe the lack of training and maybe not allowing these teams to have a training block of two or three weeks might be causing them an effect. I'd say the National League, conversation for another day, I'd say the National League in its current format in 2023 will be uh, interesting. I'd say it will be maybe less, um, what would you call it, focused more for sure. But, have to change yeah. it as well. Though. Have to change it. Otherwise, it's going to be a complete joke shop of a competition. Like That's the reality. Yeah. You know, people will look, look at it this year and they'll say, what's the point? We have to be Absolutely, ready for yeah. this absolute savagery of round robin and and yeah look at i i think it's be it's one of the most eagerly awaited um leinster finals of all time with the monster final i'm looking forward to but jesus i tell you crow park the night before i think i'll be taking a road trip up to that one i mean i'm on on for the monster final but uh, i i I hope i hope i hope hoagie won't forget the request we gave him a couple of weeks ago we went six or eight tickets in the soft seat remember that yeah, yeah. You'll have to get on Dale up. He's down in Nolan Park. Down in Crow Park. <laughs> <laughs> Ogie, if you're listening, we don't expect you to get us hardcore. Lad. But we have enough context there, sir. Um, that's, that's obviously, lads, huge one then for Joe Fortune and his Westmead team. And, and fair play to them. Uh, I know Leash did have a lot of injuries. And for Jesus, of course, typically I was watching the score on that on the old score app and I said, Jesus, Leash again, like and went ahead after yeah. half time and they're going to pull yeah. it off again. But in fairness, an 18 point victory. And you know, what side of highlights obviously last night, Niall Mitchell, great forward, two goals for himself and set up another one brilliantly in Killing Dial again. And great, great season really for them, you know, with, with getting the promotion and uh from division two up to division one hurling, drawn with Wexford. And uh, pulling off a comprehensive wind in yesterday, and outstanding, uh, very, very positive. Yeah, like we talk very, about, very we, we see the leash and Offaly as the traditional hurling counties. We don't talk about Westmeath as much, but the Clon Kills and the Lachlan Gales and Castletown Gagans of this world, and and the town itself, Oliver Plunkett's, um, they have you know, Raharnies, they have contributed savagely to, to, to keeping hurling alive in Westmeath and uh. Uh, kudos to Joe Fortune and his management team because to 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 stay, you know, and re- from the very word go when they played Kilkenny, to stay in the games for 50, 60 minutes against top-class opposition, to get the point off Wexford and to win comprehensively last weekend, you know, you have to take your hats off to them. It's great to see Westmead hurling on a high. It is, and I, I just watched them as well. I'd be pally enough with Joe and... Um, see, he's Peter Kelly in with him as well there, which is great. I, it's great. Peter is always a great hurling guy, and I'd say he's loving that. But they kept a settled team all the way through, lads, and I think that that stood to them. Fellas are growing, playing with each other. You know, they weren't chopping and changing because they got a bit of a hiding in one game or got a hiding in Turles or whatever. They kept very much near enough to the fifteen, and I think that's why they've grown. And yeah, they they can look forward. Hopefully, they can hang on to Joe because I said Joe could be in demand maybe uh, elsewhere around the country. There'll be speculation about that, but uh, yeah, look, great stuff uh, from them. Um, so that's Leinster lads. We we know we know what we're looking forward to there, and and Wexford obviously fully merited third spot with with the way that they hurled in in the Lions Den in Nolan Park, and well done to them. Uh, the Joe McDonnell lads was slippery and twisty and. I could see it coming. I was nearly going to have a ten or double on the two results because 
I thought Carlo had improved right through the competition and they've they've nearly headed over Offaly since Offaly's decline, let's say. I know Offaly are coming again under under Mick and and um obviously the minor success as well is a huge fill up for Offaly. Someone said it to me actually yesterday, I think that it might do him any harm to be Joe McDonough for another year or but I'd say they would have liked him to be getting to the final at least. Um but Kerry then went up to Antrim. We saw the Antrim team, and I suppose we said, you know, there's a few top hitmen left off, and which is absolutely Darren Gleason's right, as was Brian Lawrence, as was John Kiley's. Um, they had done the hard work, they were in the final, and now they'll meet again. Could could be more tricky than people think for Antrim now. With Kerry buoyed up and in great shape under Malumphy. That's the one thing Malumphy. You will be fit if Steve Malumphy is over the team, I tell you. And some of those Kerry lads, and they, they won't thank me for saying that, they would be a little bit arsy maybe other years. And I saw them once or twice this year and just, they're lean and mean looking. So obviously, um, the Kilmiley boys, after a long, tough year, fully back integrated to O'Connor's and the Boyles are flying it. So yeah, it wasn't what we expected and, and disappointing lads for, for Offaly, I suppose. Um, a sense of deflation in Tullamore, I'd imagine, on, on Saturday. Yeah, and a huge week for Offaly Hurling, like to win that minor title, you know, 16,000 people in, in, in Port Leash. What an occasion, like on a Monday night. And so many people watched it on TG4 as well because of the fact, you know, why else would you be doing a Monday night? And uh, a, a, an outstanding Offaly team who will, will have a major say yet in the championship, in my opinion. But um, just so disappointing from, from the Offaly point of view, their, their, their display was flat again. There was so much at stake, uh, lads. And yes, for some reason, their display was flat. And like, there's a huge amount of work has been put in in Offaly and developing the hurling. Um, I wouldn't agree that uh, the, the staying in Joe McDonough for another year is is the thing to do. I think you're trying to aim for your, you know, to play top level. You want to play in Crow Park in the McDonough Cup final. Of course you do. Any player worth his salt wants to do that. Uh, but by by all accounts, I didn't see the game, lads. It was a comprehensive victory for Carlo. So it um, must have been a huge disappointment for Carlo to hear the result in, in, in Belfast. But um, Kerry came through that game, uh, proud Hurland County, and ha- it was a close run fair two years ago. And I'm, not, I'm expecting no, no different, particularly when you talk about Crow Park. This, this Kerry team will, will last the, the, the time, the 70 minutes, you know, with, with Malumphy over him, definitely. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's uh... Great one to look forward to let on before the Leinster final as well. So that'll be great days hurling there. And we really look forward to that. We wish both teams the best of luck. In some ways, not a talk yesterday even. Like if Kerry were to win it, should they not come back into the Munster Championship? I saw the boys talking about it last night as well. And Ursula, um, it would nearly make sense, wouldn't it, then, then going into Leinster? What, you know, it's going to be hard either way. And you'll ship the defeats in, in Leinster with a lot more logistical problems than you will in Munster and yeah. you know, you'll have that ultra Lee factor maybe in Munster. I, I I would like to think that maybe we'd look at that again. Um whether Don Logo strong that he thought that um would maybe give the Kerry County Board a, a kick up the rear end to to, to promote Hurland more. I, I would feel there's a lot of that going on. The Tralee Parnell's thing is huge. You see the winning the failure there last week, beating Belly Duff in the final. That wouldn't happen like uh, Malumphy I think was a great appointment as well in, in that you know he'd bring fierce professionalism and the team he'd bring with him. So, yeah, maybe maybe it would be a good thing to review rather than that system of they'd have to go in um, 
And Kenny might have to stay training if they, they win it because they, they'll have the preliminary quarterfinals. It's a tricky one for Tipia, couldn't it? Like, oh, yeah. I, you would expect them to win, but it's just an awkward situation. Yeah, and traveling probably to Kerry to play it as well, you know. So, yeah. um, if, and, and, you know, we're in limbo at the moment. We don't know whether we're coming or going. So, from that perspective, obviously, they'll probably take a week or two off and then see what, where they're coming from. It's probably doing good, Dale, to go back to their clubs. Yes. Uh, get it out of their system, do a bit of training with their own clubs and get out of their system because, as you mentioned already, match fitness won't be a problem. It's just to get get the, the mental attitude yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big time. And uh, lads, great day of sport. It is not, it's not drawing the crowds. There's no doubt about that. Seeing the highlights last night, um, but hugely special days, I think, for the teams in the Christie Ring, the Nicky Rackard and the Laurie Maher. Um, congratulate Kildare. We expected they'd bounce straight away, and they did with great ease. Their position is in the John McDonough for sure, and possibly will be contenders, I'd say, with the amount of underage talent that's coming through there. Was up in Clane Friday night, launching uh, the John Reedy Memorial Tournament's coming up there two weeks' time, and uh, great buzz around the place, and they were very confident of getting the result and felt they couldn't wait to get back to John McDonough. So kudos to everyone there. Jerry Keegan, have to give him a mention, 10 points in play. In the national final, so power 10 from play, like you'd say, he's the free taker straight away. When you see it, well done, Tyrone. Uh, Damien Casey with 14 points, uh, winning the Nicky record and going up there to Christy Ring, and then Lout, uh, with Paul Matthews getting the 2 1 um, big win over over the old pals Longford, um, who, who did a bonding session and nearly got them all the way, but not quite at a bonding session down here. So, look at well done to all those teams, fantastic to go to Crow Park and win a national title. I think the football crowd are even trying to learn off it now. This fierce talk even brought Colm O'Rourke into studio last night to talk about the Talchin Cup. So they're learning. They're getting there. Um, so well done uh, on any fronts there. Is there anything you want to bring in, lads? But the 20 final then, obviously, TJ. Disappointing finish. Jesus, he had great chances to level it. Ken, have you to, are you to go? Good man, Ken. Thanks a million, Ken, for short notice. We'll give you more notice the next day. Cheers, lads. Take care. Okay. Cheers, Ken. Talk to you, Ken. Thanks a million. Thanks to Ken there for yeah. joining us, lads. You know, top man as always. A good game, teacher. I couldn't see it at all. Um, but then I got out for the last before we were going on air. I kind of I think RTE were dreading extra time because it would have been clashing with the coverage coming on and uh, TG Cahar, but and it looked for all ends up like he, he had four chances to get the level and point near the end, didn't he? And Colin, unfortunately for him, pulled it left under a bit of pressure, yeah. I suppose. He would have felt the other two lads had better chances, maybe. Yeah, like I, I suppose, look, certainly disappointing from an memory point of view. Maybe we'll feel it as one that got away. Um, the game was very tight all the way through. Um, I think the game was level on 12 or 14 occasions. Like it was 10 points to nine at half time, and, and for seven minutes, it was 15 points all. The game finished 19 points to 18. So that'll tell, that'll tell its own story. I suppose for any uh, traditional kick, any people that maybe haven't seen the game, maybe just tune out for a second now. Uh, very organized. Uh, game plan from Derek Ling, Michael Rice, Peter Barry, and Peter Donovan. But Kilkenny played with an out and out sweeper um, in number 12, Peter McDonald. So they played with five forwards. Um, it allowed maybe Limerick centre back Eaton Hurley to be free. Um, no plus ones, no new phrases here, Marco. Kilkenny sweeper. played with an out and out sweeper and it worked. It closed the space. Yeah, like Aidan O'Connor, Adam English, uh, Shane O'Brien. Like Patrick O'Donovan inside, that would have been Limerick's maybe danger players, uh, score getters, and it, they just kind of just got a grip of the game there, put numbers around it. They found Limerick found it difficult 
Uh, Kilkenny definitely won the aerial battle. You saw, I'm sure, even the bit you saw, Dale, plenty of paws going into the air, uh, grabbing ball for Kilkenny. Uh, the couple of other takeaways would be uh, two of the forwards for Kilkenny were standout on the day. Uh, Billy Drennan, who we spoke about from Galmai, um, uh, Marco, and I know who you've heard a bit about for quite a while. Yeah, he was excellent. He was, he was man of the match. Well, another fellow that stood out for me is the centre-forward, Timmy Clifford. He has something different. He has a burst of pace. He got three points from play. He's definitely one for the future of Dixborough. Um, but yeah, round, round, round the field, Kilkenny were just, just seemed to be doing a lot of the stuff right. And they created two very good goal chances as well in the second half. And I have to say, we'll talk about the, uh, the Hawkeye incident in a second. Uh, Clarkie's young fellow, Connor, uh, he made two brilliant saves, which kept Limerick in it at vital time in, in, in the second half. But we just seemed to be, we couldn't get ahead of the Kilkenny in that second half. We kind of struggled around that middle of the third to get primary possession. We didn't work the ball maybe as good as I'd like to have seen maybe through the lines at times. And I think it's one of those games that I'd say from a Limerick point of view, when you look back on it, it's one of those games there where you'd say, do you know what? We'd like to have another cut off of that and see if we can do something different. So you know yourself, for Ireland finals, you get an opportunity. We didn't take it. But full, full credit to Kilkenny on the day. They came with a plan. You know, as I said, and they have another... There, there's, there's, there's management teams... Jumping up all around the place now uh, from Emerging. a Kilkenny perspective. Emerging, yeah. But uh, credit to the boys. They came with a plan and they executed to perfection. To talk very briefly about, uh, and not get hung up about it, but the ball um, from the left half back from Kilkenny, Paddy Langton in the first half, that the point was given. Like for me at the time, I didn't think the ball had gone over the bar. It looked like Connors hurley got to it and then he's hurley hit the bar. It didn't go over. And then the question mark about as to whether it actually did or not, you're kind of saying, was Hawkeye in use or not? I'm not a hundred percent sure if it was in use for the game or not. Some people why, why not go to Hawkeye like? Why not go to Hawkeye if it was in use and I, I and I don't know. And then there's another question that that has been brought up and Larry was trying to give the the, the, the science behind it is like we know that Hawkeye isn't in place for goals or the goal line if the ball is over, but is Hawkeye in place if the ball goes just over the bar? We know it's definitely in place for the uprights. And Larry sent me on to confirm the Hawkeye system installed at Crow Park can determine if the ball has passed the crossbar. So I think we've seen it before, and even Ken Jungfellow was involved in an incident. So um, <clears throat> that, 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 that's a question mark, but it didn't look like a point. But look, you, you, you don't want to sound like sour grapes either, but when there's one point in it at the end of the game, and this looks like a point that was given, and it wasn't a point, like the GA are leaving themselves open for criticism. Like in, in the senior game, I'm sure you guys remember as well, Cork were 10 points up, right? Shane Kingston had a shot that was waved wide. Uh, the puck out was taken. And then the referee stops because he got it in his ear that it was actually a point and Hawkeye proved that it was a point. Like, we're in yeah. Turles. The technology is there. It's not Ireland, Ireland final. final. Like, wh- why? why? Like, why, why not just clarify to see, especially if it was in use during the game? Yeah. Okay, well, look, Marco. obviously, well, Hawkeye was, was obviously there, but the question is whether it was in use or not. And um, you have to say, TJ, that... Maybe it wasn't in use. The fact that, that like Hawkeye can determine that the referee needs to come back and stop the play. So you'd have to say that it, it that didn't happen. Now, whether if it was in play, uh, it would mean then TJ that the ball was over the bar and the umpires did get the decision correct because there's no need to call back Hawkeye or call back the player to to look at it. Um, 
I suppose if it wasn't in play, TJ, and the fact that it was there for the senior game, that would be very, very disappointing because, you know, it is an All-Ireland final. And I keep coming back to it, you know, for the one incident or two incidents that may occur in the course of a game, if the technology is there, we need to assess the referee. Now, other than that, Thomas Welch, I thought, had a really, really good game. There was nothing controversial in the game. He contributed to it massively. You're right, Clark is letting the goal. I had him for three saves over the course of the game that he made. Um, I thought he was excellent in goals. Um, I, as a neutral, it's great to go to the match and not have anything, you know, in terms of who wants to win the game. I was keeping an eye out for Billy Drennan because I, I've heard about him since he's 14 years of age from our good friend Jim Doyle, is the boss, as you know, you, you guys. And, and the Galmai, in fairness to the Galmai, uh, GA Club have a golf classic on uh, in a couple of weeks' time, the 17th and the 18th, and we're invited to it, along with all the other Command Racing members. So that's something that, um, you know, we might see the, the great Billy Drennan and the All-Ireland Cup, I'm sure, there. But as a neutral at the game yesterday, TJ, I thought the first 15 minutes, I thought you were going to run away with it because your use of the ball was excellent. You're playing it through the lines and your forwards looked like they had an extra yard on the Kilkenny players. But in typical Kilkenny fashion, two big men, fullback and centre-back, Sean Purcell and Parig Moylan. And I'd have to say the clash between Parig Moylan and Colin, uh, Colin Coughlin in the second half, they came together and I just said to myself, my God, there were two big, powerful men, and um, it was a, that was a bit of a highlight for me. But Kilkenny, I thought, started to wear ye down, and they were getting in the blocks, the flicks, and they started to win a lot more 50-50 balls. And so there was only, I think, one stage during the second half that there was actually two points between the teams, and that's when Kilkenny got, got, did that's get right. two points ahead. But I, I would say, TJ, it was a great final. And it was great that the GA probably picked the match between Cork and Tip that the final was played beforehand because I, I probably wouldn't have went up to see the, the, the match or, or, you know, be coming in late. But it was great to get up and see. It. And there was a good crowd in for the, for the under-21 final, which was fantastic as well. So Yeah. Um, one, other, one other point, Dello, for me is, um, and again, uh, full credit to Kenny, great winners on the day and no major complaints this side. I don't think it affected any Kilkenny player but again Limerick couldn't play with Cahill O'Neill. Why rob a competition of its best players going forward? I know people have made plenty nice about this but like if when, when you're playing in All-Ireland 20 for any teams whoever are in it for the next number of years like if you go to the match you want to see the best players in that grade play and Limerick unfortunately yesterday because of this rule Whoever's idea was, I just don't agree with it, and I know lots of people don't agree with it. But why rob Carl O'Neill of playing in All Ireland in the twenty final? It is madness. Yeah, it's a fucking it, disgraceful rule. It's, it's a it football is. rule feisted on us again. Correct. They all wanted, they wanted to mind David Clifford a couple of years ago, and, and fair play to David Clifford, right. a brilliant footballer, one that a joys to watch. But why inflict this on us? We, everyone was quite happy to let their twenties back in the day, their twenty ones, play the Wednesday night. That's right. And go back to panel. It's just. Mind-boggling that the young fella was doing hurlies there yesterday and gutted the guys he started off playing under 14 with. You know, six years later, he'd been allowed to play with him because he's a very good player. Just shocking rule. Yeah, and, um, and, and Delo, not, not, not alone, and teacher, not alone to deny us, the spectators, of watching Cahill O'Neill, but possibly deny the 26 lads on the Limerick panel the opportunity to win an All-Ireland medal yesterday. I think that's the right. bigger travesty. 
that yeah. you know, no, and we're not saying that they'd have won it, but they'd have a very they'd have a better chance of winning an All Ireland medal with him involved. And let the managements decide whether they want to play Cahill O'Neill or not, or if he's been exhausted. But to bring in a rule to stop your best players from playing is not a good rule for any sport. Yeah, no. I'm just thinking from a parochial point of view, Mark, he got 1-1 against Clare in injury time to beat knock out Clare by a pint. Now, Cork's up to this little chance against Cork, but I think if he wasn't there that night, and bring it in, anyone in <laughs> the senior panel lads can't play, but no, look, yeah, yeah. all wrong. All, lads, it's hard to believe they haven't won it since 2008. Team with TJ, Richie Hogan, Colin Finley. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard to believe, and not and no All Ireland since 2015 um, for 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 Kilkenny. And I met a few Kilkenny lads yesterday, and you know they were they, they were delighted to get the win. And as I said, you know, uh, just a different style of play. They they found a way, and and as I said, like people won't like to hear that they play with an out and out sweeper system, but it worked for them yesterday. And I suppose, look, that's the way the game has gone. It's horses for courses, and. As you said there, Dale, the word emerging people all over the place. And look, he has been the greatest manager of all times. But I'm sure at some point along the way, people will say, like, maybe it's time to give some of these other boys a shot at it. Like, so, yeah, they've been very yeah. good. But fair play to Derek Ling and his crew, yeah. Yeah, congrats uh, to those. Um, that's about it, lads. Uh, oh, Dale Fantasy was on again there, TJ. You hadn't your captain at all. <laughs> I'm down in fourth here. What's <laughs> down in fourth? <laughs> There's no surprise there. This is championship. A bit oh, like the cock rising. A bit a bit like the cock rising there. Two two weekends in a row, topping the pole, 251 points for the week, 265 last week. I've gone from being on the right hand side of the page, coming back over to the left hand side. And I have Sheedy in my eyeline now, kid. <laughs> after beating you now, after get, after putting you behind me, I've Sheedy is next on the list. I'm not beating yet, like. But um, yeah, no, honest, no, Joe, there's a bit to go yet. There's a bit to go. TJ, you're going, you're streaking further ahead there, in fairness, Joe. Uh, yeah, my my, my uh, defensive lineup and midfield have been excellent for me. I've been a little bit unlucky with the way the championship has fallen because the previous week Aaron Gillam was rested, and this week uh, my captain Tony Kelly was rested. So I think yesterday, if Tony Kelly had played, given the amount of space and ball uh, Claire had, I'm not sure what TK would have ended up with and been double points. He would have been Jeez, really, really could be out of sight. I could be out of sight, but look, I'm kind of given the week there was, and I knew TK was rested. I'm happy with 211 points. Uh, David Fitzgerald uh, came good for me, and Desi. I've been watching Desi all year, waiting for him to come alive to get 1 6. Obviously, uh, the Waterford uh, system over the last couple of games hasn't suited him, but uh, yeah, big, big return yesterday. But yeah, I suppose the interesting piece now for all of us is it's a, it's a change week, so we can have a look at things before the, the finals and see. He's gone out of the championship, and who do we want to change? And would it be six changes? I have who have you got? No, we have three changes, is it or four? Is it? I must be gone up. It's gone no, up, I'd say. It's it's gone up. Yeah, yeah, so if no, it's well, four, I think. See, I got my strategy wrong there. Like, I, I, I thought Claire would be toward, and I'd be shipping in my Claire lads in for preliminary quarter final. And I presume they'll yeah. count, even though the Antrim and Kerry lads, um. Wouldn't have been in the scoring all along, I presume. If, yeah. if, if you're in a preliminary like Wexford and Cockles, I got it wrong. I went deep on Waterford in thinking they'd definitely be in the tree in Munster, so strategy wrong. But anyway, 
can just I'll have to go back uh, like are, Dublin and Tipton Waterford I have to just go no, back to the are, listen don't don't worry about it I know it's a bit unusual to see you behind me at this stage like I did it in the league I'm 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 I've made a good recovery there now a bit like the car colours over the last couple of weeks. Don't be don't be disappointed, Dale. I'm in front of you now. Look, don't I don't be I, and don't I, be I, trying I, to blame I, the strategy. Like the rules are the same for everybody. Like Marco, kind of no problem with TJ or Liam. You, Marco, huh? <laughs> I, I see there's no there's no change at the bottom of the table with the for a wooden spoon boys. It's a it's a straight shot out shoot out between Shawnee and On Cadigan. Yeah, all these pulled away there. Yeah, yeah, straight up shoot yeah. out. Sean, he's off the bottom, though. He was bottom, was he? No, he was on bottom. He was bottom, yeah. The 4.5 million house in the Black Rock Road. 3.5. What about our listeners, League lads? Rafe, have you got that there? Oh, yeah. New, new and Ross, Ross Kelly um, from Nace, uh, uh, Kildare Hurler, 234. Savage gone. Uh, gone on out ahead. Uh, no longer the whipping boys heading the great week, Johnny O'Connor. Uh, Shane Hassett uh, from Drummond Inch, clear coach. Uh, the Gaelic has to drive from all his years. He's up to second. Well done, Shane. Um, and Kieran Kenrick, Thomas Lally. TJ, you've slipped a bit on this one down tonight. I have. Well, that, that, that's where uh, TK has cost me. Yeah, Thomas Lally in fourth place is a brother of Kevin Lally, I told you before. He is. Oh. Um, up spreading the gospel up north now, and uh, we, we he, he had challenged me there recently. I met him for a beer, and I had passed him out, but he has now turned the screw and gone ahead of me. So challenge on for me there to catch him now in the end of the championship. Yeah, yeah. there's a man, there's a man there on seventh. I think Brendan Noonan. He would have been one yeah. of the fellas. I'm almost certain that uh, he had that axe to grind with me from 1990. He was on the minor panel that we we yeah. beat Claire in. Uh, in minor, and he came to Gordon Park the first day. So uh, a yeah. shout out to Brendan. He's there in the seventh position. That 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 leaderboard. You know what? You're not so far off the top, TJ. Next weekend. No, 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 no. Could be yeah, top. Next week, no, next weekend is a quite weekend. So uh, we we gotta get our strategy weekend, yeah, for the finals match. right now. Yeah, yeah. Next match. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'll let you know who's match. injured and who's not injured. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I think TK got oh, injured in the, in the warm down yesterday. You know, the bit the subs do, I think TK pulled something, but look, okay. it could be a Mark Landers type rumor, you wouldn't know. <laughs> Any progress, yeah, I, I have two. I have two, Dale. First of all, um, not one that people would normally associate with me, but during the game yesterday, there was um, uh, people in front of me uh, that were talking about football. And the great Pat Sheehan from Raquel uh, GA Club was reminding me that they have a competition coming up on June the 18th in memory of Shane Horrigan, the referee. Um, it's the Big Ball Sevens. And this year they've added a ladies competition. So a seven-a-side competition for all the football teams in Limerick. So he was asking me to get a reminder out to the clubs there that they, they want you to get you registered. And normally a good fun day in memory of Shane Horrigan. Great ref, great character. He refereed there in my time. And Shane would give it to you uh, pretty strong that if you were out of line, a bit like Fergal Horgan, told you straight, wasn't really a big believer in the red cards either, which was great. But yeah, competition, just a reminder for people. And the second one for me is, and I'll let uh, Marco finish with the come on racing, is just to say that we're in Bailanders this Saturday night coming. Myself and Dela will be talking about the Munster final. It's the only item on the agenda. Marco is coming along as well. Well, it's going to be just two items on the agenda, Marco. The Munster hurling final and the Leinster hurling final and nothing else. Champions so League. If you want to come along. <laughs> uh, 
Champions League beforehand. Yeah. But we won't be talking about that Rebels uh, and their recent uh, rise again. So um, if people want to come along and meet us this Saturday night in Bailanders Clubhouse, it's a fundraiser there. Um, just remembering my uncle, great Dave Walsh. So a bit of fun this Saturday night. Uh, it's a down weekend for the hurling. So if you want to come along and get your picture with Marco and you want to hear about the Rebels, shave for Dave. This Saturday night in Bailanos Club at 8 o'clock. We'll have the Champions League as well, Marco. Hopefully Liverpool in 90 minutes will pull that off. And we'll have the old Liverpool hat and the scarf in the audience. And sure, you never know. You might even be I'll one be of def- us rather than a City I'll fan by the end of the night. I'll be TJ, definitely TJ, going will out. He, I, I, sorry, will, he come, will he come in the 99 jersey? I wouldn't fit into it. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will do on the night is if I can find a real Madrid red jersey or white jersey, I definitely wear it if I can find one. And I'd probably be the only fella. A double X Madrid jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Would, hey, would, would a Spurs one qualify, Dale, if you had one of them? I could use one of yours, Good maybe. Good Larry. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, so... Yeah, should be good crack. Uh, should be good crack. Looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, down weekend in the hurling so it'll be a bit. Yeah, quick shout out, lads, to the the the, the lads and the lovely lady that was with them from Belly Dufflore, uh Caleb Lines' club, who were up for the weekend, had booked an apartment up in Cree. And uh we had a good crack Saturday. They landed on they had a good day. And the Kilfenora boys, a quick shout out who called after playing Kilimer in the county league. I don't know if it went well for them or not, but they were in good form. Long way away from me, but if they're anywhere in the, in the vicinity, they call in the lads from the burn. Uh, so, come on, have we any runners, Mark, this week? Uh, no runners. <laughs> we we got a we got a glut of them at the very start, and um, their form mightn't have been brilliant. But I was talking to Jim Baldridge during the week, so he's given him ten days off, and he's strengthening him back up to have another run and have another go in the middle of June. But I suppose the big date for the diary is the 9th of July in Willie Mullins' yard, somewhere around 10 o'clock, half 10 that way. Um, he's going to show us around the place, show us, bring us to the gallop, see a couple of the horses walking, obviously see Katie Tay walking as well. So the 9th of July is a, is a big date for us. Um, we also have a golf classic with Gilmoy J Club on the 17th and 18th of June. So they've, they've extended a... Uh, a, a welcome to all members of Come On Racing to get four, a, a team of four, 160 euros, and it's a scramble. So you don't have to be a brilliant golfer. Just come away and play your 40 euros. Meet a couple of the ambassadors on the day and we'll have a bit of crack. And um, I suppose the last one is that Willie, Willie McCreary uh, has sent the word out that the three-year-old is working very well. Big, powerful filly. Um, we've had 20 names have come in from the members, so we have to fill in the naming card this week. So all will be revealed, I would say, in time, Dalo, on the name of the three-year-old. Let's hope that she doesn't get injured and she, she does herself. Um, oh, the, and the membership, I suppose. Look, we have 70% of the membership is collected already, so we'd be just saying to people, look, to try and get on the website and pay the membership. If you're having difficulty with it, because I had a bit of difficulty and I had a couple of uh, friends of mine who were trying to sign in, they just said, look, uh, email us in if you're having difficulty and we'll make contact with you. But thank you very much for the people who have supported it. And we want to obviously facilitate the 500 people uh, that have expressed an interest. But they are, I'd have to say, since the website has opened, I think we may have a couple of um, new people that we don't know anything about who have paid their money. So we'll welcome you in due course as well. But it has been a brilliant success. 
and we want to get everybody signed up as soon as possible. Dello, to the tune of Dermot Kennedy's song, what I would say about Come On Racing is, better days are coming. Definitely. Jesus, you're I getting like awful fun of these lyrics, uh, the two E. The 9th of July, lads, unfortunately, not a good day for me. It's the day before five bands and a pig out the back here. So oh, I'd be up to me ears. But lads, <laughs> anyone that can go for a Willie Mullen stable tour, my God. Uh, that sounds like uh, a place I'd like to be. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Katie Tay, yeah. watch this space. Okay, we'll have a break next week, I think, lads, will we? Whew. Break next week. Yeah, we're just going for um, okay. a little bit of sustenance in a Bellylanders on Saturday night. A grain of rice, a, a, a grain of rice, is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lads. There's a small bit of a needle there. Oh, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the ripping boys of Munster. Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, stylish on the outside and spacious on the inside. 